Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, a warm, warm welcome to uh, This Is Podcast, again, live here on YouTube. And uh, if you're listening on the podcast, check us out on YouTube as well, where we do the live streams now. And uh, it's what a way to start another week. And there's a warm welcome to the man himself, Nevin Thomas. Good afternoon to you, my friend. How are you? Good morning to you. Uh, All's good, all's good. Uh, It's been a very hectic week with a lot of football, as usual, and a lot of work as well. But I'm sure as a Leicester City fan, this is probably like a, a high you're going through right now. Yes, it, it's surprising how well, you should know me by now, but it's surprising how much um, uh, football um, makes or breaks your mood for the either the weekend or the coming week. And yesterday's performance uh, was superb. I don't know if you caught the game. Uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't actually. I, I only saw the highlights. But I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that Leicester probably deserved a goal more. Like I thought the Madison goal was fair and from the highlights. just. Yeah, I don't know which highlights you saw, but here in England, we saw the BBC highlights and they didn't do justice to the live game. Um, we totally outplayed um, Tottenham uh, at their own stadium, even though it's empty, it's still their own, own ground. And um, Mourinho's counter-attacking tactics didn't work uh, because Brendan Rodgers used to be a student of his. They used to work together at Chelsea when uh, Mourinho was a uh, manager there, as you know. And yesterday, yeah. I think the uh, the pupil did one over the uh, master yesterday. So it was a brilliant all-round uh, performance. But it just sums up Leicester. I mean, it was very frustrating. Uh, uh, it's funny, you, sh- you should never start off by asking me about Leicester because, you know, I'll go <laughs> off on one. Uh, it was frustrating on um, Wednesday, uh, the other, during the weekday when we lost to uh, Everton at home. Um Vardy had that pretty much an open goal for him that would have changed the game but it was more of a frustrating day but it was Leicester we knew that this team can go to uh, Tottenham and get a result and they did but the way I think it was the manner of the uh, victory Tottenham had probably one chance and that was from Song in the second half Um, Do you see this as a pattern? Do you see this as a pattern in some sense in that uh... Leicester tends to perform well against sites that, you know, they're expected to not really perform well against. There seems to be an extra motivation when they play like big sites. Is, I think is big, that big, big, big Yeah, because the big sites, unlike Mourinho, I think he's the exception to won't park the bus regardless of where he plays and who he plays. Uh, it is a bit more intensive, so that gives our attacking players, because we've got a lot of pace up front, a bit of um, uh, free... Um, movement and uh, space um, so it, it helps our game whereas if we've got to break a defence down uh, I mean to be fair it's with all teams if somebody comes and plays uh, six or seven at the back it's going to be difficult unless you have an incredible playmaker like a Messi or somebody like that who can open up defences um, but um, I think they I'll be honest with you I think the fans make a difference of the king power like at any stadium I suppose that's stating the obvious but if you go down and you've got the fans behind you, it can bring you, you'll be surprised how many times you can get an equaliser. Um, and we saw that the other week with a couple of thousand going in at some stadiums, making the difference, even with a couple of thousand. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a good time. Well, it's been a good time to be a Leicester fan for the past few years, but uh, the team's really coming together because we've got Castagna back. 
Uh, Pereira is on his way back, so Inchi is on his way back. And um, second at Christmas is not a bad thing. We always look for he's going to be uh, number one in the charts, music charts. But uh, we also look at he's going to be number one. And it's the um, the uh, obvious candidates, Liverpool. What a what a win over the weekend. Um, I didn't see that coming. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Palace are quite a resilient team. Uh, but that also then leads me to ask you about your boys. A um, couple of disappointing results. I know they're playing tonight. It's not going to be easy against West Ham. Absolutely. Um, what's happening with Frank and uh, Chelsea, in your opinion? I mean, inconsistent. Uh... I think, uh, personally, uh, I've not been a big fan of Lampard. I've always thought it's a little too early for him to be managing a big side like Chelsea. But that seems to be the trend, right? You saw Mikel Arteta, you saw uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, all of them being given uh, teams that, at least on paper, they don't deserve to be managing, but there is something else that obviously the team owners see. Um, I feel Lampard is trying to not save his job, but like he is putting results first, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but say some, starting somebody like Giroud, for example. He's, on, he's in form, he's a good striker, I really like him a lot. But then you're moving away from the ideology you set in the summer. It was clear that they were transitioning into a more uh, fluidic attack, the likes of Werner and Havertz and uh, Pulisic, CH. These are your, this is your future. So even at the risk of losing a couple of matches, you should be trying out a system that suits them. Now, you bring in a big guy like Jiru and start putting in a lot of crosses. You're really taking out a lot of these players from the game. What, what do a Havertz do when this is how the football is being played? Or Even Werner, for example, he's got blistering pace to burn. But unfortunately, ball is being played to his leg. And whatever pace is shown is literally him running with the ball and not really running onto the ball. So, uh, in terms of strategy-wise, I wouldn't have mind uh, Chelsea losing 3-4 matches in the early part of the season. Just to get things straight, you know, just to get the likes of Werner and Havertz and ZH playing the game that they're expected to play. I think ZH and Giro is still an okay combination because they're really good with his crosses and Giro is a good target man. But Giro should have always been plan B. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you're not winning a match, then you give him good 30-40 minutes to make a difference. You can't be... Like, again, I love Giro. I think he's one of the best players to have in the team in terms of his you know experience, his nature. He's just... Seems to be a very nice guy. But this is not what Chelsea should be doing at this moment. And unfortunately, English media just refuses to attack Lampard or question him. Everybody just loves him. Solskjaer is above him on the table, but still it's Ole out and Lampard, you know, safe. So it's a little it's a little bizarre for somebody sitting in India to make sense with all this. Well, uh, you can see why there, there is a lot of love for Frank. Um, for a start, he's a very, very nice person. Comes across really well. Um, he's a young manager, English manager, which is uh, not common in the Premier League. So he's going to get a bit of leeway. Uh, but he did take a bit of criticism last week. Um, I think it was against um, Wolves, or maybe you can correct me, where, they, like you just mentioned, actually, a lot of long balls um, hoofed into the box completely contrary to the players he's got. Um, and like I said, tonight, it's not going to be an easy game. I mean, I'm looking at the table now, you're eight, but you're only um, three, a couple of wins from uh, being in the um, uh, second or third. Um, so it's not far away, but um, the past few results uh, doesn't give much confidence and um, he needs it. And a team like West Ham, 
I don't think you should be playing crosses. They'll they'll feed oh. it on it. Yeah, all day long, all day long. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a big game tonight for you. It's going to be a late finish for you, but um, being a night person, I'm sure that's not going to be an issue. Uh, but yeah, we're at uh, different uh, spectrums of mood, maybe when it comes to the uh, our uh, English teams. That I'm very happy with the, the way Leicester are playing at the moment and where we are, and um, after especially after the result yesterday. Uh, but moving on to um, just um, uh, the. Um, Do we have to? Do we have to? It's well, a depressing topic. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it might be, but uh, I just wanted to start off by saying that you know uh, Robbie Fowler is giving me a lot of content at the moment, and <laughs> um, he's he's giving me ideas as to take your views on this. And I got a bit of a glimpse of it when we spoke about him last week. But his comment about the team being um, prepared for the I League—it's an I League team playing in the ISL. That really took me back. I mean, he's not a new manager in the sense of, you know, how to handle the media, what to say in the media. Um, maybe he thinks India's different. I don't know. He's new to India, so he can probably get away with saying some things he wouldn't in the A-League or here in England. But that was a very strange comment to make, that that team was being prepared for the I-League. I know we said this last week as well. Um, he, he came with a set. He's, he's arrogant. I mean, let me just be let me just be blunt, just like Robbie Fowler himself. Uh, he's again, he came to India thinking that you know it's going to be a cakewalk, and um, he's figuring out that hey, ISL isn't very easy, and he you know couldn't just wave his white privilege, get some players, throw you know put some long balls and start winning matches. So clearly, I have a problem with him. But we did discuss this when the signing was announced, if you remember. We did say that Robbie Fowler seemed like a signing for the name of it rather than, you know, looking at a long-term project or a good coach. And it's proving, it's, it's proving to be the case, you know, he's just, just a name and he's already lost interest. He, he doesn't seem to be interested in his job at all. Like he had a good league, I mean, he had a one-nil lead against Kerala Blasters, a good chance to secure three points. Did he do anything as a coach to preserve it? No, he just, you know, let the team play. Or did he do anything to get more? I mean, Kerala Blasters is like the leakiest defensive of the ISL this season, I guess. So why didn't he go all out attack? And he can't just keep blaming, oh, this is the players I have. That is what I have. This is what... He signed up for it. He knew what the team was. Did he do a bit of research? Like, did he know about I-League? I mean, what, what are all these uh, uh, certain, um, you know, realizations that, oh, this team is not really meant for the ISL. You shouldn't have come then. <laughs> It's as simple as that, you know, just because of money of being offered you, I mean, for any standard team, you have to make a pitch. It's like a CV, there's an interview, there's a long discussion. So, why on earth? We went through this process uh, with Ron when he was selecting a uh, manager, new yeah, manager exactly. for Orisha. He gave us a good so, insight into the process. Yeah, absolutely. So, similarly, I'm sure most teams do it. I know East Bengal was a little rushed, but still, I'm sure they had like applicants from across the world. Would have been probably, uh, you know, better off as a coach for a young team or for an old team that is looking to, you know, salvage the season. There are multiple ways of looking at it. And there is enough experience to get some results. Let's not be too brutal on these players. So, if somebody like uh, Rafiq, for example, is playing well. I mean, he's been around the circuit for long enough. They know how to use their body. They know how to eke out wins against, uh, you know, Indian oppositions. And they know the referees. That's a big advantage. So, Wisdom has also got some 
you know, some power, right? Look at all these big Juventus society, you know, who's had like a lot of players in their late 30s still playing and winning uh, leagues for them. So, it's not, I mean, I mean, let's not even go to what Robbie Fowler is indicating. I think he's a bad coach and I'm going to stick with that. You think, I mean, we know he's going to go back to the A-League and complete the season there. And um, it's just looking very bad on um, because obviously India is a growing footballing nation and a lot of potential. And um, he's, you know, creating a bad image of himself. I don't know what the media is like in India. Obviously, East Bengal got a huge fan following. Um, do you see any rumblings there in terms of the fans turning against I'm, I'm surprised. I'll tell you what, like, again, I'm putting my uh, neck on the line here, but I don't think a lot of Indian, especially Indian football journalists, really, you know, say things that can hurt teams or, you know, they, they play it safe. Most of us journalists are just like, ha, positives for East Bengal. That's probably how the reports would be panning out, you know, despite losing, there were positives and we just let it be. We never really take it to Robbie Fowler and question his tactics or anything like that. Nothing like that ever. Um, maybe in local Bengali uh, media, but again, it's probably too soon for that as well. But he will face, unfortunately, he is in a place where he will be questioned at, at some point. But generally, we are way nicer than, say, the British media or like, like the Spanish media or anything. So, um, uh, he, he's, he's been escaping much to my displeasure. Like, I wish I was still writing because I would be... Like on his throat, I've not been impressed at all. And he can't just come with, I mean, and I keep saying this again and again, but this is essentially white privilege. He just thought just because he's played in Liverpool or, you know, played in the Premier League, he could just walk in and expect things to just work his way. No, you have to work hard for it and it's a process and you should be ready for it. Uh, apart from the results, I think his attitude and the way he's spoken in the media, if, if that uh, is... Exactly, we... exactly. Like, I don't have problems with the results at all. My problem is his attitude. Well, I'm thinking more of the sense that if he's like that in front of the media, speaking like, what is he like in the training ground behind the scenes? Because it's normally the other way around. Coaches are quite, you know, backing their players, you know, trying to make excuses for uh, the results. And then when it's uh, the cameras are off, they really show their true side. But if he's like this in front of the media, I hate to think what he's like in front of the, um, behind the scenes. And for a player uh, that's been yeah. brought in, and uh, then your manager says, well, we bought most of this squad to play in the I-League. That is not uh, going to be morale boosting or anything like that. I don't, so, I, don't, I, don't. I think uh, this could be really bad for East Bengal in the sense, not only putting their image at risk, obviously it's a huge yeah. image with an incredible history, but you know, building a team that's going to compete, and it's a big team. Let's let's not get away from that. It is a big team for the future. It could put them back because you know, um, the players will be disheartened. They get really a bad season because of Robbie Fowler. It's just going to make yeah. the progression in the um, ISL even harder moving forward because he can't turn these things around very quickly. And we've seen that with yeah. Orisha. You know, it's going to take time. So with somebody like East Bengal coming in. Uh, yeah, admittedly, in, at the last, but still, I think uh, the manager needs to, they needed to get somebody, and it's, uh, you said it, like you said, uh, when you, uh, when we talked about it, when he was selected, I think he's been all, went for the big name, big media attention, rather than somebody who's going to give them a good grounding in their first season to build on, yeah. um, so, 
we'll see how this uh, pans out. But um, I'm thankful in one way that he's giving me a couple of talking points. Uh, they're not good talking <laughs> points because it doesn't reflect well on him. And uh, I do feel for his uh, players. Um, but we'll yeah. see how things turn out. Um, were Kerala lucky to get away with the draw yesterday? You mentioned uh, Robbie could have done something about it and killed the game off. But... I know. I would say Kerala deserved a point for the second yeah, half. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. They, they, they showed some spirit. They wanted to come back. And uh, it was good to see that from a Kerala Masters fan point of view as well. Uh, there was some sort of drive because they. I remember the first half, after the first half, the reaction was, oh my God, we even gave... East Bengal, their first win. It's that embarrassing now. <laughs> so, so to finally get that and uh, Sahal to come in and make a huge difference, Jackson to make come in and make a huge mm. difference. So, uh, the substitutes did improve the team. So, uh, the coach also will be feeling a little nice that hey, he at least managed to you know salvage a point. And uh, I think it is a clear sign that uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of ISL teams should start trusting the Indians now. If the if the foreigners are performing for you, if they're lazy and they're not, just don't put them because they paid money for it. You know, put them on the bench. At least you are developing an Indian player in the process. I thought the same for Odisha as well. A couple of their foreign performers, not uh, foreign players, have not been really performing well, and they've got abundant youth in their rank. Go let ask them to just run their socks or run 12 kilometer a match. Just work, work, work. And I'm sure a lot of people are willing to put that effort. And I thought Sahel showed a lot of drive. Uh, he, he wanted to make an impact and that really boosted the team as well. And for young Jackson, who also scored in the Under-17 World Cup with a header to uh, you know, score a, a, a big goal for an ISL side, is also quite big. And what is the mood in Kerala? A huge fan following. They win every single poll that's going anywhere <laughs> in the world. Um, what is the mood there? Uh, still, still upset. I guess uh, I, I, I remember one of the, uh, one of those WhatsApp groups that I'm part of. A lot of people saying that they're not buying merchandise if they're not scoring any more points. And a lot of, I'm sure they'll still do it because that's how fans are. But a lot of you know murmuring, saying you know yet another year, yet another uh, you know a lot of hype in the summer and not really delivering. But let's be honest, they did lose the likes of Ogbuche and. Sandesh Jinga and all that. It's, it's not easy for a team to recover from that, especially in a, in a COVID hit season like this. So, you know, Kerala Blasters could, in you know, in some sense, win the next three, four matches and suddenly the season. Really? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not saying they will, but in the off chance that they do, suddenly people will be like, oh, it's not a bad season at all because that's it's a small season, right? It's not a lot of matches. So, you well. win. You win five, six, and then you eke out a few draws, and you're know, at least a solid mid table finish. Because I'm looking at the table, and I want to talk about merchandise in a minute, but um, uh, it was going to lead me on to another point. But before I come to that, um, because I'm looking at the table, and you see the uh, big three there already, and then there's yeah. a, a group of teams fighting for the fourth place, and then the likes of Kerala, Orisha, and uh, East Bengal you know, drifting away. Um, and we said last week, you know, after a quarter, sort of see how things are going to pan out at the end. And it's panning out a bit more in the sense of the oh, uh, the um, the gap is opening up. But if of all the teams, and I'm being biased here, and you said Kerala with a couple of wins can, you know, get into the middle. But I think out of the bottom three, the one that I think genuinely might have a chance of breaking out and maybe getting into the um, 
middle is Orisha with the young players. And you mentioned that, you know, the coach has been tough. He's not playing Marcelino from the start, the main player. Uh, he's called him out as well as well, in terms of not being able to produce. I think he had a go at him the other day when he took the corner. Um, so do you think um, Orisha is the one that could break away or do you think it could be Kerala as well that could actually join the middle pack? Um, I think it's going to be a mix of both in terms of a lot of these mid-table teams like say Northeast United might not have this good second half of the season which will allow these other teams to catch up slowly. It's not like either Odisha or Kerala have shown enough to say they're guaranteed a, a mid-table finish. No, we're just, I think both of us are just hopeful simply yeah. because <laughs> players, uh, players in their teams and not necessarily because they've shown anything on the field. I've been pretty disappointed with Odisha as well. I mean, I know we have our, uh, you know, <laughs> a relation with the, with the club, but uh, it's it's been unfortunate because we, I'm sure you as well, we, we sort of hyped for the season. We thought they're going to improve, yeah. from, like build on from last season and it's not really happened. No, uh, no. But, but yeah, uh, definitely in terms of the players, um, I, I was hoping uh, Odisha would play like Hyderabad and Hyderabad is playing really well. So, the likes of Hyderabad, North East United, Jamshedpur, all of them, we didn't really expect them to be this starting this well. I mean, I think to be fair, we should give it to Owen Coyle and now he's sort of proven that yeah. he's a good coach now in India. He's, he's with yeah. another team with far lesser resources as well. But uh, I'm expecting the gap to open up from the top four. The top four or top five would really split and the others will be more closer. Simply because I remember talking to uh, Chennai CTO uh, for a, a for a Kalpan video, and he was saying that uh, by mid-season, by January, they know whether they're going to make it to the playoff or not. And sometimes a lot of teams tend to, the moment they realize that okay, this is not really within, a, since there is no relegation, they tend to slow it down. They like okay, we can play Indians, we can you know build for the future. The second half of the season tends to be that and. Uh, teams competing for the top four will keep really trying hard. So, uh, that is when the gap really opens up. When In January, when teams, some teams realize yeah, it's not really worth fighting for, they probably won't sign a good player. They'll probably like, uh, you know, say, you know uh, terminate a contract of a major player to save money and things like that. It's unfortunate. That's why you need relegation because you want to keep the fight alive till the last day. But uh, this is the reality of the ISL. I'm sure you'll see it as well. Yeah, and I think we've got a, maybe a year, possibly two years before we see any um, uh, promotion relegation. Um, but you talked about the big four. The big three are there. One of the big four uh, is missing. And um, what's going wrong with FC Goa? Is it a question of losing too many players uh, to Mumbai City? Um, is it losing the coach and the new coach still adapting? Um, is it all of those reasons? Because they are struggling. Think, it's not a go off from last year. Yeah, they are struggling. And uh, I don't know. They, uh, I, I sort of miss the pragmatism in, in the Cohen side. Uh, with Lobera, they didn't need the pragmatism because it's so dominant in what they do. Uh, but I think this current Goa, you need you need to be slightly more dogged. I mean, look at Bangalore, for example. They probably are not playing the best football yeah. of their you know, but they, they are eking out results somehow, you know, by crowding referee, by fouling, by putting their bodies on the line. Uh, so they are still getting the victories and which is what I think Goa has been lacking. They've been so obsessed with the idea of playing pure, 
uh, football. It's almost like Bielsa. You know, just you know, I want to play a football a particular way, and I will not sacrifice on my ideology. And sometimes it really doesn't work out. You know, especially when teams let's sit back and defend and counterattack them. So Goa needs a plan B. I don't know how it's going to come. They have got a lot of young Indians, so maybe. they can mix it up by taking away a couple of foreigners and just letting indians run the show they'll probably bring that doggedness with them in that in that you know mission to prove a point so they they come with that pressure to prove a point now i've been given a chance let me try to prove a point uh yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a mix of all that but that's it like so mumbai city the likes of bangalore they've not been so good as well it's not like they've and highlighted teams the in, in the in the uh in the ISL so maybe we are in for a surprise as well what if you know uh you know four or five teams can find things in the armor of these big sides uh and uh, somehow uh, you know make the league more competitive so i've not i've not had like it's not like in what six seven matches that just happened um i've not really uh, been able to decide which is the best team of the season and i think that's a, that's a sign that it's, it's kind of competitive in that way I slightly disagree on that in the sense that Mumbai City came in with a lot of expectation and um when I saw them the other day and I saw their bench and I thought wow this is some team and uh, they're getting the results now like you said they might be eking out a couple I know they drew against uh, Jamshedpur at the start of the week uh, but a comfortable win um yesterday against uh, a, a very good uh, Hyderabad team 2-0 um yeah. but they're one team that seems to be fulfilling their expectations and like you say uh, atk bengaluru keep uh, getting the results um yeah but mumbai i think might be one that is you know uh, it is almost like uh, atk last season in terms of uh, the expectations and players gelling in mumbai made a lot of significant signings this summer and that's obviously going to take some time to find their find their space i'm sure it's going to take time for lobera to find what formation works best for them so i i mean yeah you're right like the second half of the season you would expect mumbai to perform a little bit better uh, just like you know the likes of roy krishna found their footing in the second half of the season last time around so uh, yeah uh, definitely i mean on paper these these four should be running away with things but i'm just you know trying to be a neutral and trying to you know who's your fourth in that one by the way optimistic Who's Sorry. the fourth team on that one? You said that this four should be running away, including Goa in there. Um, yeah, ideally. In terms of what the, the players they have, especially the Indians in the, in the in FC Goa, I'm surprised they're not running away. I'm starting to think if the coach is good enough for this job, or like did he get simply because his CV had fancy teams associated with it. So yeah, I mean, he's not really proven to. Uh, be as good as Sajjarat News, right? So it's uh, I mean it's still early days, I'm sure. And uh, Goa tend to have a longer strategy, and they're not probably just looking for this season. So sure, he'll find his uh, his foot. And there is yeah. enough in that Goan setup to help him as well. There are good Indians in that side who understands Indian football to advise him as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to um, see uh, if he does turning around because that was their unique um, po- uh, selling point, wasn't it? The se- the sense that a lot of Indians were playing for Goa and doing so well last year. Um, so we'll see if uh, he can turn it around because um, 
they're not where they usually are. Uh, they certainly weren't there last year in my first season, and uh, they've not been there in the past. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to talk about was, um, and this is something that's come across and watching the uh, ISL piece uh, of highlights every day, is the number of injuries and uh, young players. Uh, they are being put through. It's a brutal ask, isn't it? And I'm just thinking, you know, we're seeing these young players, they could, in, if, if not, if we're not careful, they could burn out, they could get a big injury. And uh, you mentioned a player that, you know, I've read about JJ, that a big injury, uh, pretty much, ru- well, not ruined his career because he's come back, but he's not the same player as he was. And I'm saying, you know, do the authorities think that uh, people will lose interest if clubs play once a week? Uh, if there's not a game every single day, because there's time to play once a week. What's, uh, has that ever been questioned or? Yeah, of course. I mean, we were, we, I think we were questioning this, especially during like season three and season four, which is even more corrupt. It was like a three month league and all at that point. Uh, I think the problem with Indian sports has been that everybody's just been trying to mimic IPN in terms of everything, in terms of how it should be hosted, how uh, how you know media should be handled, how this, we've been just trying to replicate cricket, and unfortunately, it's not the same sport uh, in terms of what the bodies go through. Cricket, you might still be able to play three matches in a week. Football, you can't do it like continuously, and uh, it's unfortunate. But and it's also unfortunate because these players are without football for like good eight months, and then you put them through this drill. So it, it makes no sense at all. There's no preseason. There are no other tournaments that keep them, you know, in in, in shape and ready for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you are absolutely correct in what you said. This could ruin careers. It has ruined a lot of careers. Um, it it is not just physical as well, right? It's also mental. The kind of talk like staying away from family, uh, the kind of dedication that is required to put your body through it for these uh, these many days and. Sometimes players just lose interest. I know a player who was uh, who's actually been capped by India. I don't want to take a name for sort of left football at the age of 26, 27 and just went a lifestyle fitness route because he said the whole point of, you know, the competition of it and uh, the, the nature of how teams handle a lot of players and almost too much for him. So, uh, yeah, you know, whatever you said is absolutely true. We hope that at least it can expand to six months, seven months. So that the, it, it, it's evened out. But ultimately, when the league is owned, 33% of the league is owned by the broadcaster itself. The broadcaster will decide how you know they want it. And they just they're just bullying. Every day they need a match. So they'll put it this way. Why can't we have like three, four matches on a Saturday, Sunday? Why can't I'm sure footballers won't complain about playing under the sun or anything? That's just bizarre, especially in Goa. Who wouldn't want to play like uh, a two o'clock kickoff in Goa. Everybody would love a two o'clock kickoff in Goa. Uh, but this is how it is. And we've been just, I, like I said, we've just been trying to replicate IPL simply because yeah, that was a success. But they forget that cricket is a massive sport in the country. And that is the reason why it's a success. Well, it is, but there's no correlation between the two sports. Uh, IPL is T20. Uh, physically, football does take a lot out of you. And uh, these are very intelligent people, uh, FSDL and um, the broadcasters. Well, I can understand the broadcasters, but, you know, 
I, I'm just really worried. Um, I see this the problem, that that is that you you probably hit the uh, you know uh, hit the nail with that comment. Pretty intelligent people. That's probably why they're doing something that milks the most money from their product. So unfortunately, intelligence doesn't mean uh, they are emotionally intelligent. It's usually about how how much money you can make out of legal. This, this, is this, this is my point that they are intelligent people that they would realize that if you lose a couple of big names young indian names or even a foreigner then what's going to happen a year or two years down the line foreigners will not come to this league because of the nature of the football in the sense that it could be uh career threatening uh, and for indian footballers young footballers thinking oh, that's not the career for me i could play for two years that's the end of my career and the quality will go down. I'm already worried about the quality January onwards. I see the players, they are drained because of the football. You see them, the so, shirts are completely soaked. And that's why I'm saying that intelligent people to know, yeah, you can, you know, milk if you look as at much the, as you want. If you, if you look at the kilometers they run in a match, it's usually around nine kilometers. That's not normal for football, especially mm. midfielders will be running like 10 to 11 kilometers. But I think it's just, physically too much and everybody's just tired so they tend to slow down the game you see a lot of times they just pass sideways kill time just you know take some breath and then go and that's and quality that. and that's going to lose you uh viewers in the long run if you're going to see dull games and let's face it they're not playing on carpets the pitch is only going to get worse as it's used heavily every week every day um this is a bit a bit of an insight for me first time you know watching it on a regular basis and i think you know this is to the detriment and what really brought it out to me is that um the federation is um asked to uh, has applied to host uh, the asia cup in 2027 and i'm thinking you know the two don't correlate you want the biggest tournament in asia footballing tournament and then you've got this product that could draw in young players who are playing now. All right, they'll have to be in their 20s in seven years' time. They'll be at the peak. But some of them won't get there. And I think, you know, with the likes of Brandon and Sahal and uh, all the other young players that we've got, incredible talent we've got, um, you know, they'll be burned out by 2027. Um, what are your thoughts yeah. on us applying for 2027, yeah, having a league like this? And this is what really annoyed me the last week and I'm thinking, you know. It's almost like China in, in terms of they believe that you attract big names in big tournaments and football will automatically develop with it. And unfortunately, that's not the case, even though they'd argue that a lot of products that came out of the under-17 World Cup are performing well. Well, they're performing well simply because you did a good scouting. There was a program to identify the, mm. the footballers and hence it's not because of World Cup it's because you invested in scouting and something like that. So you can continue doing that every year. If only you had the same intention. You just wanted to prove a point for the under-17 World Cup. So you did something and then you let it be. You should be continuing from that, right? That's the whole point. So it, it almost looks like a PR exercise for me to somehow show you're doing this. And obviously it's a lot of money for a lot of people who can make profits out of having a World Cup or having a big tournament in, in a country like India. So... Yeah, I, I, I uh, think we'll, I think we'll get it. You know, I'm confident because when you look, you see uh, Iran have held it twice, Qatar have held it. Mm -hmm. I know Saudi Arabia hasn't, and uh, I don't think Uzbekistan will get it. But just because it's India and the potential of uh, the advertising and the money the Asian Confederation can make 
out of a big tournament in India. I think um, India stands in a very good place, but I'm thinking the Federation really needs to get its act together. And I was thinking that even if you have 14 teams, you could play one one game on a Friday night, a couple on a Saturday, a couple on a, or three on a Sunday and one on a Monday, one game a week. Look after the players, look after the product. Otherwise, you know, by 2027, we're not going to have either. Uh, which is a frightening thing. I know you've seen it uh, for a long time. Well, I say a long time in your young. Yeah, I've sort of um, become numb to it. I've sort yeah, of yeah. expecting anything to happen. And uh, a reserve league, for example, there's a lot of good, exciting players not getting game time as well with a lot of the foreigner coaches coming in. They don't care about it. They're also shorter. They're also there for results. So they don't care about, you know, developing. I know Kerala Blasters are playing like a reserve sort of a league whenever... They play against an opposition, they play a reserve match the next day as well. So that's nice. You want, but like you want a proper league. Look at Farooq Chowdhury, for example. He was a pick for the player to perform, and he's hardly getting game time for Mumbai. And, and that's the problem, right? Like you can't keep losing all these Indians one season. He had a phenomenal season. He's probably like the best player of uh, ISL uh, 1920. Uh, and he's not getting game time at Mumbai. And, and I'm really tired of seeing this again and again. You see one season and then there's like an eight-month gap. Then players can't replicate the same form. Uh, they probably move to a different uh, coach and uh, or the, a, new, a new coach joins the team. They have a different vision. We've been ruining players forever, Bharat. So, <laughs> so it's not it's not a it's not a. Uh, I wouldn't blame that on 27 um, uh, Asian uh, tournaments. I think it's it's more to do with our our own. The way we've structured the league, the way the, the people who are behind it, and even if you look at something like a Shillong Lajong, for example, who's like a lot of these young players come from Shillong Lajong, and you've literally ruined it. You've uh, ensured a system doesn't help you know promote a, a club like Shillong Lajong. I League is in a big mess, um, and uh, you see younger players all being signed up by the AFF Academy under the Indian Arrows project or the Reliance project. So all these smaller feeder clubs are now struggling to attract players because Reliance owns the big league and Reliance has its own academy. So every young player wants to go there because that's like an easy shot to, you know, get into a big team. And nobody wants to, you know, fight it out for a Shillong Lajong or a, a, a Naroka or a, a smaller team like, you know, Naminarva Punjab or whatever. So if you, if you dig deep, this is a mess. This is a big mess and... It's a mess created by a few people who are looking fast profit. But unfortunately, I think we've seen across the world, this doesn't work. We've always seen that football is a sport. You can't really, you know, jump in and corporatize and eke out big results. And it doesn't work that way, the sport. So hopefully they'll learn a lesson and hopefully, uh, you know, something will come out of it positive. But right now it's just fingers crossed there's nothing else to expect. Well, it starts with uh, Mr. Patel, and uh, he should say, we're going to take over the league. We're going to run it ourselves. We're going to do the broadcasting, um, get some intelligent people at the uh, Federation to organize it, because we've got abundance of intelligent people in our country. So, yeah, it starts with him to take the Try saying step. no to reliance in India. I don't think that's a... That's a possibility at all. There's well, no saying. It, it, it's, don't get, the more I, more I talk about Indian football, the more frustrated I, uh, Indian, not in Indian football. I'm not going to blame the uh, Football Federation. I've got a beef against, uh, that's the wrong word. I shouldn't have used that word. I've got, <laughs> I've got issues with um, 
it's a common word in England, so excuse me for using that. Um, I've got problems with the Hockey Federation, I've got problems with the Cricket Federation, and I'm thinking this has been going on for years, but it is what oh, it these is. Oh, these are the better run federations. Oh, you don't want to say wrestling and basketball and all that. It's, it's a big mess. It, it, it is, and I, I, I do give a lot of plaudits to um, the sportsmen and women, because it's, despite their federations, that they're bringing laurels to um, India. Uh, it's not because of the Federation. Um, but enough of my rant, because um, I don't know, for whatever reason, last week when I saw I was going for Asia, 20, uh, Asia 27 and I saw the players and I saw how they're struggling and I saw the injuries to the young players and you told me about JJ and I think, yeah, it is what it is. But um, we've got to call it out for what it is, even in our little way. Um, and I know there's a lot of people that agree with us as well. But um, that's enough of ISL and um, the talking points from the last week. It's getting interesting. They're going to have a break on, I think there's a break on 26th. There's not a game or something. The, one of the days I was looking, I don't think there was. There, there was, is a Boxing Day match, if I remember right. So there is a Boxing yeah. Day. I know they're playing Christmas Day, um, which is surprising to me uh, because um, obviously it's um, we've got a few days bank holiday here. Uh, although if you live in London in the southeast, it's not going to be. I don't know if you've you probably heard the news. Oh, yeah. Um, they've created a new tier for the London and southeast because they found a new stra uh, strain of COVID that's spreading much faster than they thought. So Christmas has been changed. We were initially given five days where we could meet up with families um, over five days uh, because it's bank holiday here. Um, I finish work on. Wednesday, so I've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off, uh, but then they cancelled it on Saturday, and um, you can't meet, where I live, I can meet on Christmas Day with my family, and Christmas is huge, as you know, uh, here, Yeah. Uh, but my son won't be able to come from London, and uh, people's plans have just been thrown out of the window, uh, which is a real shame, because it's a huge um, occasion, as you would think. Um, have you got some time coming off? Your Christmas going to be normal or is it going to be different? <laughs> uh, of course, I think I've applied for a couple of uh, days uh, leave across Christmas. So like 24th and 26th, 27th, I'm not working. And I hope to not work. And <laughs> not just apply for leave and still end up working. But it, it's okay. I think um, I've, uh, I've uh, I don't think marinated is the right word, but like I've soaked a lot of dry fruits uh, for a big rich plum cake that I'm baking today. So, uh, well, yeah, I'm going to like, you know, brush it with the rum for like the next few days and keep ready for Christmas and fantastic. a little bit of baking and uh, activities like that. And we've already set up a tree, a crib and all that. So, beautiful. Good. Uh, I, it's been a while since I celebrated Christmas at home. Usually I'm always like in, in other cities. So, it's nice to yeah. be home. Is it a national holiday in India, by the way? Christmas Day itself? Yeah, Christmas, yeah, Christmas Day. Oh, that's good. Um, because obviously it is here. And uh, yeah, well, because of the change of plan, um, we bought the turkey uh, last week. So we got big turkey. Oh. So if you're free on uh, Christmas Day, although the, nobody wants to come to the UK at the moment, and they're telling people from the UK not to go anywhere, they're closing all the borders. But uh, we're going to have plenty of turkey if you fancy joining us. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, if I don't speak to you before then, I want to wish you and your family and obviously the Desi Sportscast family a very Merry Christmas and stay safe, Thank my you. friend. It has been a 
it's been a crazy year so let's celebrate christmas at least and hope 2021 is going to be better well, you say that we'd planned a big celebration. Then Boris came on our TVs on Saturday night and said, no, you've got to change your plan. So it will be nice. It, it will be a reflection. It's been a... We've, we've got something lined up for 31st because mom's retiring. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So it, she's been working with SBI for 36 years. So it's... Wow. A, it's a, yeah. And that is proper. We've got like service. a reunion. I'm baking for them as well. So... I've, I've become a baker for the next week, um, <laughs> getting some cake and uh, got some good wine as well. So hopefully it'll be fun. It will be. Fantastic. Well, uh, pass on my wishes uh, to your mother. That's incredible public Chandra, service Chandra. for such a long time. Um, once again, have a brilliant Christmas, my friend. It's been Thank incredible. You. We'll do a, obviously we'll speak again uh, soon, but uh, you stay safe and all the best. Thank you. And same to you. Bye.